0: following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com.
1: When we were getting ready to throw his ashes, because we had his funeral in November, and then we were waiting to the summer to throw his ashes in the ocean, my aunts got a plastic spoon and started scooping some of the ashes into the cup, like different mason jars, tiny mason jars. And God, the only thing I could think was, you might have part of his penis.
2: (laughs) Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts from Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto podcast, Brad, and introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric It is minute
0: 19 of Flash Gordon Minute. Eric, how are you doing today?
2: I am not good, Brad. I realize today I'm living in a police state, and nobody is around who's willing to lead a revolt for me.
0: No, no, well, I know who's willing to lead a rah, No, I'm screwing up. I know who's willing to lead a revolt. It's Crystal Beth. Crystal Beth, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, oh I'm so good, but I'm terrified of revolts. <laughs> I'll lead one. I would lead one for you guys, though. And I'd scream the whole time.
0: We're so lucky to have you back again today. You were fantastic yesterday. You, uh, you're always the person who validates the minute-by-minute minute podcast. You've been on so damn many of them, and you make them all better. And so happy to have you back. And this is another zany minute. And uh, gosh, let's let's dive right in, Eric. What what's going on in minute nineteen?
2: Yeah, let's talk revolts, okay. Hans Zarkov met Flash Gordon about an hour or two ago. <laughs> he fought him. He kidnapped him on his rocket, knocked him out. And now he has, without asking him ahead of time, volunteered him to lead a revolt on a strange planet.
0: All right, Crystal Beth.
1: That's a lot. Maybe now I'd punch yeah.
0: him. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah.
1: I wasn't going to punch him on Monday. Wednesday, he's going to get smacked in the face. And this is
2: also further evidence, as we've talked about in previous weeks, he clearly had no plan whatsoever When he got up in that rocket ship.
0: (laughs) No, no. This was not thought out. It's Zarkov. He's definitely a book learning guy. The the street smarts is not fantastic with him. But Chris Smith, you're you're always great at uh, offering your opinions upon – Offering your opinions on the characters of these movies, what what is your sense of Flash? Uh, how, how do you feel about him from what we've seen so far? Do, do you feel he is the right leadership for a planetary revolt?
1: Well, I think it takes someone dumb enough to not think of all the consequences of doing it. So, <laughs> sure. Like, you don't know who these people are at all, and you can't be worried. But he's just this big, dumb, strong, charismatic Oh, my God. He is literally... He is my Dungeons and Dragons character. (laughs) That is so funny. As soon as I started describing it, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's (laughs) Veltexoroth,
2: Lawful good warrior or whatever? He's a barbarian, but he is... Ah.
1: His charisma is, like, one point below his strength. So he's strong and just, like, you know, confident and, like, not the smartest person that's ever existed in the world. But he gets by... Pretty far just on his looks. Well, he's a dragonborn, so he's not, you know, that attractive. But he gets by on his charm and personality. And I feel like Flash Gordon has had that his whole life. And he has like the luck of the attractive person where things just sort of fall into place for them occasionally. Even if they don't even realize it, they're like, Wow, I had to work hard for that one. I'm like, No, you didn't. No. <laughs> you didn't. And uh so honestly, he would be the right person in this situation, I think, to start a revolt, but I don't know if that's the right way to ask is just like straight out being like, look at what these people need. They need you to fight to free them all.
2: And how does Zarkov come to that conclusion? I mean, he calls them poor wretches and says they clearly want someone to lead them in revolt. So far, the only Mongori he's met are the skull faced dudes and the pig face <laughs> dudes who have no facial expression, <laughs> who don't speak to them. He knows nothing about who their leaders are. Where is he even getting this information
1: from? Maybe he's so smart that he's like the... Wait, what was it? Was it the mentalist or Bull, the guy who could was a human lie detector?
0: Uh, lie to me, lie to lie me, lie to you.
1: me. That's what it was. So maybe he's like that guy where you could just tell by their tense upper th- middle thigh that they're ready to fight. <laughs>
0: That that show's really screwed me up because I was like, man, maybe I should start studying. He's like, nah, I don't want to know when my wife's lying to me. No. It's going to be a bunch of stuff that I just don't want to hear where she's obviously sparing my feelings. He's like, no, 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 you haven't put on too much
1: weight. You look, <laughs> I love you just the way you are. No, 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 no. Gray looks
0: good on you. Gray hair looks good on you.
1: Gray hair does look good on men. Eh,
0: you know, we'll see.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a pretty
0: weird thing, but the the one thing that I um that really struck me, and I alluded to this in the previous minute, they definitely have forgiven Zarkov really quick. And, Beth, you made a very compelling argument why it's okay because the three of them, they're the only humans on this planet they're on. They're the only ones that are on. They know are on each, on their own side when they're in the elevator, and Dale you know, Z- zarkov is like oh well, the advanced society blah, blah blah dale sort of says it's like you know i, I forget what exactly she said but she shows some fear and then she sort of snuggles up against zarkov
2: oh yeah uh, uh, and
0: presses up against yeah. him i'm like
2: what the hell is that should not she just should not be doing that why is she doing i
1: don't that? that i don't understand either it doesn't make any sense it's like she forgot who was standing next to her yeah. But then didn't react to it.
0: And it was also such a, a wasted opportunity because they have been – they're trying very hard to quickly establish the relationship between Dale and Flash. And it would have been – just would have made complete sense to have her standing next – just do that exa- scene exactly the same except for have her do that with Flash. And it would have been, it would have been great. It would have helped establish – Th- their their chemistry and their relationship because it has to happen really quick dale's going to be weirdly jealous in a few minutes and yeah it's sort of a wasted opportunity of them having contact because good lord and up to this point they've been really struggling to have contact where dale like sitting on his lap for no reason them feeling each other up when they're unconscious. To to actually have a, to, to have a, a what would be a more legitimate more natural moment of she's scared it's weird and you speak for yourself and then her wrapping her 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 arm around his arm would have been a, a nice moment instead it's it's, it's Zarkov and eh, it was just weird
1: honestly a part of me wonders maybe they did that on purpose because of exactly what you were saying before why would they ever trust Zarkov now so they were kidnapped by him. Then they passed out. Then they woke up in a weird spot, at which point he's the first person to piece logic together, which is very comforting for a lot of people with someone that's really, I mean, both these men are very calm in this situation and, you know, Dale's actually pretty calm too, but there's a man that was just about to give them uh, you know, reassurance. So Zarkov was about to say, you know, these are, this is something that's happening. And uh, unfortunately, I haven't seen this movie a thousand times, so I don't know exactly what he said, but I know he was trying to comfort her and, uh, or not comfort her, but uh, analyze the situation. But she cuddles up to him, which would make you then trust him more too, as a viewer, if the filmmaker was singing that far ahead, which I highly doubt they were. But then <laughs> a little bit further in, we get that awesome high POV, like, bird's-eye-view shot, where for no reason whatsoever, the guards pull Flash from the right side of Zarkov to the left side of Dale.
2: I have the same note. Why do they do that? I had the same exact note.
1: I think it's so that they can be close and touch each other inappropriate again, which he does. He grabs her by the elbow like they're a pedestrian walk sign. No one grabs women like that. And I think they were like, oh, no okay, so we showed that one thing with Zarkov, but we need to bring it back and bring it back to like, remember that Flash loves Dale and they're in love somehow so fast already, even though they don't even know their weird quirks and what their neuroses are, because that's really how you start to love someone. And I think that they were like, we have to get Flash next to Dale again.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. It, this moment seemed intentional because they have to switch everything around later to have the other scenes where, where Flash and Dale are next to each other. It, it, yeah. A weird yeah. scene, a, a weird moment. Um,
1: <laughs> or they're obsessed with patterns. Maybe. They were like, things need to be symmetrical. <laughs> there needs to be boobs in the middle and men on each side. We can't do none of this <laughs> boys together stuff. We don't know what the how things are on that planet.
0: It, it, it could be one of those, uh, what was it? Or Bob Jones University where you're not allowed. This male and female students aren't allowed to be in the hall or walk next to each other. And they have to have a chaperones for dates and stuff. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Or it's just new to uh, everyone?
2: No, but my life's not right now. What?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's Bob Jones University. It's,
2: why would anyone ever want to go to college there? That's the exact opposite of what you want from college. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. You're just like, I've been waiting for this. Oh, uh, this is even worse. <laughs> yes, it is Bob Jones University and it's a, a religiously affiliated school and very, very strict rules about what And it's a, one of those places where they don't call it dating. They call it courting. And there's a lot of rules on where you can go and who you can go with. And, you know, but perhaps Mongo is like that. Mongo is like Bob Jones University.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. Oh,
0: sure. Sure it does. You know, Eric, you've um, done a lot of research into the the behind the scenes of this movie. And uh, do you know, has there been any talk about how Sam Jones got along with the rest of the cast? And specifically Melody Anderson. Uh, You know, what was their relationship behind the scenes?
2: Yeah, I, I mean the the stuff that I've seen, they got along great, and, and they still do to this day. That they've they've done a couple of convention appearances. I know that um, they did. the The DVD doesn't have a commentary track, and the two of them recorded their own commentary track online at some point. If you wanted to sync up your DVD with their commentary track, so I, I know the two of them uh, have stayed in touch, and uh, they got along very well.
0: That's nice to hear. Yeah. As we're recording this, it's the week after the third, or right before the th- the third and final. Please let it be final. Fifty Shades of Grey movie comes out, <laughs> and there's so much talk about how the leads in that movie, and you know gosh, well, God bless them because that cannot be comfortable. They can't. Apparently, they cannot stand each other.
1: Oh, really?
2: Yeah, yeah that's a that's a tough movie to film in that situation.
0: And uh, they they so imagine just. Three movies that they've had to film together. So much of it involves them, you know, being nude and aggressively making out. And allegedly, from the beginning, they, they just have not gotten along. It's like ah, it sucks. And Chris, you've done a lot of uh, you've done a lot of theater, and uh, you, I, I remember there was a web series that you did that you also were involved in the creative behind, if memory serves.
1: Uh, I was in the creative part of it?
0: Well, perhaps you would might know this better than I would. I, I remember there was a really great comedy, that web series comedy that um, that you did. And perhaps I'm wrong on that, but I just remember you were sort of the lead of it. Uh, there was one great episode where I think there was a character that you were interested in and you offered to take care of her dog?
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, that was actually one of the first things I did where I was just asked to be an actor. Usually I'm doing a bunch of different stuff, um, but it was... Um, uh, Friend Zone Anonymous, FZ Anonymous, which was so much fun to work on. Actually, a lot of those guys work uh, for SNL. They do all the editing for SNL's videos. Um, but yes, I was interested in a girl, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll pick up the poop." And I like bent down to get it, and there was a hole in the bag, and I was like, "No, no, no, it's fine." And I got like dog crap all over my hand, and I was like, "Everyone poops." Ah.
0: You were fantastic in it. That's neither here nor there. Just, well, and again, remind everyone that Crystal Beth is excellent. <laughs> But you've, I'm sure you've done enough stuff where you've had to play a love interest a time or two. Have you run into that where there's someone who, and it doesn't have to be like aggressively don't get along, but just don't have, in real life, don't have the sort of chemistry you would like and you don't really click and have to deal with that?
1: It's, uh, there was a... God, there was a play I was in freshman year and the guy I was with, he and I were really good friends and there was like, there was like a flirty sort of chemistry, but neither of us were super attracted to the other one. So we had to make out in one of the scenes and we used to try to go above and beyond the other one to gross each other out more by eating the most awful things right (laughs) before we had to kiss. So while we tried to make it hard. Like it's, it is very hard to be into something when you know, you're going to, which really is one of the least professional things you could ever do. Like, nah, maybe not make it harder for yourself. Um, but it is, it's hard to fake. And I uh, have lucky enough. I've been more of the, the comedic side piece that doesn't usually get the, the love where mm-hmm. I don't have to usually worry about that too much. Cause I don't know. I don't, I'm not an ingenue.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So I don't, I don't ever really play the love interest. So I've been lucky and I wish that I could, I wish I could help you out more. the, The problem could be that my chemistry is too good with people. Sometimes like I was required to hate someone, but we really, we got along really well off stage and we could like, so it wasn't super believable that we hated each other on stage. We had to work really hard.
0: I, in a lifetime ago, I used to do a lot of Baltimore Community Theater, and I, I remember I ran into an interesting thing where I got along really well with a young woman who, and it was a pretty risque play. I got along real well with her, I ended up becoming uh, friends with her husband. Uh, one time I was actually having dinner with her husband, because she had to, she had an earlier call time than I did, and uh, he had a good sense of humor, and he was married to an actress, and she was even trying to make a professional go of it, so he, seen, like, he knew what he was in for, and uh, it, We had, I was like, I looked at the watch like, Hey, uh, I got to leave. I got to go. Well, let's be honest. I just got to go and motorboat your wife. So I'll talk to you later. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, (laughs) that's funny. The show called the blue room, which was a pretty,
1: that's what I was doing. (gasps) No. Yeah. I was in the blue room.
0: Get out of town.
1: No, I'm not even kidding you. I was, uh, I was the woman of the night.
0: Oh my God. You were the hooker at the beginning end of the show.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. That was my friend. I was the au pair. I was the au pair in it.
0: I was the student. No! You're who I motorboated.
1: You're who I ate Doritos with and salmon. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold, 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 on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on.
2: This was not planned ahead of time. This is, is this, is this legitimately finding this out right here, life?
1: Yeah.
2: You guys essentially, through the law of syllogism, have made out.
1: That's so funny.
0: Teasy Pete. Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that.
0: Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. did uh, <laughs> the people aren't familiar. Uh, uh, Blue Room. A very good. Uh, David Hare show. Got a lot of press when uh, Nicole Kidman was, on, uh, was in the show on Broadway and bared her rear end. Very sexy play. A lot of nudity. When I did the show, I did it in Baltimore in a theater of the round production. My character... Had to take off all his clothes, and I would like to repeat, it was theater in the round. So there's no thing where you're demurely like turn around so they get a look, a, a shot of your rear end. It's like no, wherever you turn, there was someone looking at your wang.
2: <laughs> you are a confident man, Brad.
0: I, I guess so, and I never considered myself that way. What is interesting is one of the nights nice of the production, uh, sitting in the second row, and from the the end of the stage to the first row was probably a distance of five or six feet so people got a good eyeful. in the second row was the woman who would eventually
2: become my wife
1: wow yeah and now we know why she eventually became your wife and now we know why she wanted to be your wife that's exactly what i was gonna say
0: Yeah, so whenever people ask how my wife and I met, I was like, she paid $10 to watch me take my clothes off.
1: That's (laughs) so funny. Yeah,
0: yes. So. Oh my gosh,
1: we have so much in common. That is not how (laughs) I met my husband. Uh, but I'm glad that we were both uh, sex objects at one point.
0: So this has completely gone off the uh, track, so I do apologize for that. Eric is always so good about keeping things running smoothly, but everything has just gone completely turvy topsy.
2: <laughs> oh, this this minute was so worth it. This was so worth so
1: it. So crazy.
0: Yeah, that was uh, about 18 years ago, because uh, I briefly met my wife before – in a show at the same theater that I was in, I briefly met my wife. We hit it off a little bit, and uh, her, our mutual friend brought her back to the next show that I was in. I was like, you brought her to this show? Is she, 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 she's going to see my doodle.
1: <laughs> He's gonna, she's going to see my doodle. That I bet got her.
0: Uh, and then after the show's over, we come out, and like we're milling about with the audience, and there she is. It's like, hey, she's like the show. She couldn't make eye contact with me. He's was like, ah, it was quite a performance.
2: No, because <laughs> her eyes were pointed somewhere else.
1: That's why. That's so funny. It's so funny that yours was 18 years ago. Mine was 14 years ago. So we are almost on the same timeline.
0: Uh, in a related story, uh, a bunch of years later, Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry Potter, was in a production of Equus. And a really good show that I've seen before. And my wife and I were in New York City uh, and sort of deciding if we wanted to catch a show. And she's like, and she, my, my wife loves the uh, Harry Potter movies. And she's like, Hey. Daniel Radcliffe's in a play. Should we see that? It's like, no, no, no. Well, you can't see that. She's like, why? It's like, because he's nude in that play. And the last time you went to a show and saw a guy naked, you fell in love with him. And I can't take that chance.
1: I love it. That's so cute. You guys are gross. I hate
0: it. (laughs) It's, it's, it's quite a, it's been quite a love story. (laughs)
1: That's so awesome. All
0: right, Eric, let's get back on track. What what, what are we missing here? What else has happened? Uh, I, 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 it was Chris Beth sort of allude to the magic floating ball. And uh, we also get the, the...
2: Yes, the flying death orb. I like to call him the flying death orb. I love the flying death orb. I love the angle we see from its point of view. I love his voice. I love everything about the flying death orb.
0: It's so cool. I'm so glad that we had this in this minute. Uh, and I, I'm with you. I just love the, the sort of like fish-eyed view of Dale Flash and uh, Zarkov uh, from the floating death orb's uh, point of view. It's It's... There's just so many wacky camera angles, but they all work. It isn't like um, Battlefield Earth, where they do a lot of crazy camera angles for no damn reason. Everything has a a purpose and a reason, and it gives you an emotion or a feeling or a a specific point of view where you know where it's coming from. And uh, the director does a great job with this.
1: Yeah, he does. We see the
2: back of Flash's t-shirt, of his eponymous shirt for the first time. And I just want to file a complaint here that... My replica t-shirt that I have that I wear, the lightning bolt on my replica t-shirt is significantly smaller than the lightning bolt on Flash's shirt here in the movie.
0: It's
1: terrible. How
0: could they do that? The designers should just be ashamed of
1: themselves. (laughs) They should. Like, that's something you should keep in mind when you're designing something. Or maybe they couldn't. Maybe they weren't allowed to.
2: No, it's it's the official, you know, officially sanctioned licensed Flash t-shirt. Then I don't
1: know. That was stupid.
2: I have lightning bolt in (laughs) me. Uh, the only other note I have is there's something uh, at, at, near the beginning of the minute that has always creeped me out. When, they, when they're coming off the elevator, the pig-faced soldiers, so they've got these in the long red robes and the wacky face mask and everything, and it's got normal human hands. There's no gloves. They're not alien hands. It, it really stands out to me that there's this crazy-looking dude with these normal hands sticking out of the robes. Yeah. Freaks me out.
1: Do you think
0: there's a pair of gloves somewhere that just the guy forgot to put on?
1: Yeah, he was like, oh, that's why his fists are a little bit curled. He's like, "Don't oh, pay attention to me. I couldn't find the props, Master. <laughs> there's also a part where they're they're walking, like, right after they push Flash to the side. The guard kind of shoves Flash. Then he shoves Dale. And then it looks like Dale's going to shove uh Karkov, uh Karkov. Oh, my gosh. Zarkov. Zarkov. So why am I saying that wrong? <laughs> I was like, that's not right. Uh, it looks like he's going to shove Zarkov, too, and he doesn't. And I'm like, oh, well, that put an end to the sloppy game. It looks like they could have just started a brawl. <laughs> and that's where the uh, the revolution could have started.
2: Or it could have turned into a three studio. Yeah.
0: Pretty much the only thing this movie's missing is a good, you know, come here, you, and just <laughs> s- s- smack all three of them with one, uh, with one swipe. What about you, Eric? You got anything else that you want to call out?
2: Uh, other than your guy's secret? Non love affair and your nudity, no.
1: (laughs) So secret we didn't even know it existed.
0: Well, I tell you what, it was a lifetime ago, because and I'll I'll be honest, I wasn't even like in fantastic shape then, but at least I was young and thin. Uh, Now there's no way I'm getting cast in that show.
3: (laughs) The
0: the the eighteen years of not being uh, kind to the uh, to to the waistline, so uh, I'm going I'm taking a pass.
1: Yeah, me too. Hard pass.
0: All right, well, uh, Crystal Beth, this has been fantastic and, and enlightening. I know. <laughs> Where can people go to find out uh, to find out more about Crystal Beth's magic?
1: My magic. Uh, I have my magician website. Uh, it's the Crystal Beth. I'm just kidding. There's not musicians. I mean, magicians are mus- Oh my god! In heaven. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm not a magician, but the Crystal Beth is my website, and actually has that sketch you were talking about on it. And you can follow me on social media at the Crystal Beth. And my podcasts are on iTunes, uh, Unlimited Lives Radio, and The Fifth Element.
0: And uh, Eric, where can people find out more about Flash Gordon Minute?
2: You can email us at flashgordonminute at gmail.com. You can go on Twitter, Flash Gordon Pod. You can go on Facebook. we love to chat with you on the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex.
0: Very cool. Guys, this has been a, a fantastic minute. This has been a lot of fun. But Eric, I, I still have uh, I still have some, some things weighing upon me. Right. Because uh, you know, as we're recording, it's been uh, recently my beloved Philadelphia Eagles were able to defeat Crystal Best beloved uh, New England Patriots for the Super Bowl. There was a lot of craziness in celebrating infilling, uh, as there is uh, want to happen. There are a lot of stories about rowdy Philadelphia fans, uh, and there was been a couple of police horses that got punched. And I just realized, at my age, with my disposition, my horse-punching days are behind me, and I, I don't know what that says about me. Did I miss my chance?
2: Uh, well, if Mr. Ed is scaring you because you think you can't take him out anymore, Wilder. don't worry about it. Flash will save every one of us. Attention, listeners! You can follow us on Twitter at FlashGordonPod and join the conversation on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. Stay tuned for our next thrilling episode of Flash Gordon Minute.